For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 77 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is June 16th, 2022. Say Hey Rob is on assignment. So tonight I am joined by Steven Risotto. He has been on here a few times already. He uh, covers the Giants for SF Bay, host of the RizzoCast podcast, also a Giants chatter admin uh, in the Facebook group with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Steven Risotto. And also joining us again i think this is our third time eric nathanson uh he is also a giants chatter admin with us in the facebook group and co-host of the torture cast podcast you can follow him on twitter at two out hits gentlemen welcome back to the say hey podcast how's it going hello thank you steven (laughs) (laughs) it's good to be back we were all distracted by steph hitting a wide open three yeah uh it's good to be back (laughs) How are How's you, that? Doug? I, you know, I'm doing well. Glad to to be doing this again. I know the last time uh, Rob and I recorded, I was coming off of not feeling too great, but feel great now. Uh, Steven and Brooks and I got to go to a game this week uh, together, so that was a lot of fun. Saw the Monday night game, um, uh, the win over the Royals, so a lot of fun. Just a thriller. Uh, just a thriller oh, of a game. Thriller of a walkathon. How boring was that for you guys? I mean, it was just walk, walk. You know, walk. we got to walk around like the entire ballpark. It was a lot of fun, and they were really loose about like where you sat. You know, usually they'll be like, "Hey, can I see your tickets?" You know, or someone else. You're in someone else's seats. Like, not at all, man. Like we we sat in the arcade. We sat up top. We stood in the middle of the walkway watching Game Five of the finals. You know, until the game was over. So. It was actually a really good time at Oracle the other night. Fun times. Yeah. Um, There's no ushers anywhere. Like the ushers just kind of like vacated the premises. And some of them were, were watching the finals game with us while we were watching the game. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, one, one guy, every shot, he would go, no. And then once yes. they sunk the shot, he'd go, yes. <laughs> this older guy. Uh, you know, last time Rob and I were on here, the Giants were kind of doing this back and forth win and loss thing for it seemed like for two straight weeks. Uh, and they, they just finished this homestand nine games, the longest of the season. Uh, they had three with the Rockies, three with the Dodgers, three with the Royals. You know, they lost two or three with Colorado out of the gate. And I think, you know, Eric and I did the preview on Giants chatter for the Dodgers series last week, and we were kind of we're pretty pessimistic. We're hoping maybe they can sneak one game out in that series. 
they come out and fucking sweep the Dodgers in three games. It was awesome. Um, and then they uh, take two or three from the Kansas City Royals to go six and three on this homestand. So, you know, obviously things are feeling a little better now uh, than they were before the homestand started. Uh, you know, like what are your, Eric, what are your thoughts on the Giants currently at the moment? Uh, they're much better than they were during the month of May. Uh, I said it from the beginning of May. I talked to you guys about it, that I thought May was going to be a really tough month for the Giants. And if they could just forge through it and hang around, they'd be all right in June. And I mean, they're four games back. It, it's the middle of June. You really can't complain about that. It's just a shame they're four games back at two other teams. But the way they're playing right now, would they go six and four on the homestand? It was, you said? Six and three, yeah. Six and three. Yep. They, they easily could have been – seven and two or even eight and one if you think about it if it wasn't for a misplayed ball here or a misplayed ball there so the defense is still the one thing that's a little bit of a concern but when they shorted up over the weekend over the dodgers they won the three games that seemed to matter they beat the best team that came through during this homestand and that gives me a positive outlook on what's going on forward yeah it's totally about perspective because i mean they could have the same six and three record in these last nine home games but what if they swept colorado they swept Kansas City, and then they get swept by the Dodgers. We're we're looking at a completely different National League West. Um, they won the three games in this series that matter for sure. Uh, Steven, what do you what are you feeling about the Giants right now? Yeah, no, I, I think that everything's looked pretty good, especially this homestand. And I think the only the only caveat is that the Braves got really hot, and the Braves kind yeah. of you know if we're talking about the wild card and we're talking about the the big picture in the National League. And, you know, granted, it's still June 16th. And I think if you go into, you know, if you, you're you at the all-star break at 500, I think, you know, you feel a little bit good about yourself. But if you're 10 games over 500 at the all-star break, I think you feel even better about yourself, especially with that extra wild card spot open. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been, you know, that Dodger series was really fun to watch. I thought it was very uh, tightly played. In a lot of ways, uh, I think it was what seven two game, three two, and the two nothing game. Just huge bullpen performances as well. But like Eric, uh, Eric, I almost said like Eric Nathanson mentioned, but Eric mentioned um, <laughs> there was the defense. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's the defense that's still really, you know, kind of shaky a little bit. And you know, there's a a game there on on uh, we're recording this on on Thursday. There's a game on Wednesday where the Giants had a huge error in the uh, first inning and it basically cost them the game. It was the difference. So, uh, you know, I I definitely think that there's, there's guys coming back, but I think overall in the, in this specific homestand, I I consider it a win. You know, you always want to play good at at home and you always want to have a winning homestand and giants did that. And they did it against their, uh, their biggest rival. That was the headliner of it. Yeah, currently the uh, Dodgers are still in first place, 39 and 23. Um, the Padres, though, are technically right there. They're 40 and 24. Giants are only four games back now at 35 and 27. Uh, yeah, like like I said, perspective. They could have got manhandled in that Dodger series, and you could be looking at a seven or eight game deficit uh, in the NOS. But, you know, four is is fine. They're, they're right there still. So um, lots of baseball to be played. They're in Pittsburgh starting tomorrow for three this weekend and then on to Atlanta to face those red hot Braves who last I checked, they'd won 13 in a row. I, I, I don't know wow. if uh, they lost yesterday or today. Um, you know, kind of when the giants take the day off, I like to take the day off too. So I haven't really followed much baseball today, but 
Um, yeah, definitely going to be seeing a red hot Braves team next week. Um, you know, a pretty simple episode, but kind of want to get into what, um, you know, a lot of Giants fans were seeing on Twitter and the Facebook groups. Um, like what's going to happen when, you know, more guys start returning uh, from injuries. Obviously, Brandon Belt came back this week, uh, had a big home run uh, yesterday, kept the Giants in the game. Um, looks like his, you know, swings there already, which is good. It's going to be nice to have him back at first put base. I know he pinch hit the other night and then he was a DH um, in the Wednesday day game against Kansas City. But there's more guys that are close to returning. Lamont Wade, um, Anthony DiScafani, Steven Duggar. Obviously, the Giants just lost Jacob Junis for uh, quite a bit of time with the hamstr- uh, hamstring issue. Uh, there's going to be decisions, tough decisions that are going to have to be made because Alex Cobb's going to be uh, activated this weekend. He'll be starting Sunday in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, should you think you guys think I should just go over these? most recent medical updates and then we can kind of just talk about what we think is going to happen because we don't know what's going to happen but we can talk about what we think is going to happen so uh matthew boyd uh coming off the forearm surgery he was supposed to be back sometime this month he did have a setback uh with some elbow discomfort the other day so um are you guys with me and now i'm not anticipating seeing boyd for quite some time now i mean anytime you have an elbow injury and you're coming off surgery with the, in that same general area of the arm, that's never good news, right? Especially nope. right out of the gate like that. Yeah, so I think I, I think we can count on Boyd not being around anytime soon. So it's nice that uh, Alex Cobb's going to be coming back. Now, Anthony Scafani is currently, like as we record right now, he's getting his second rehab start with the Rivercats up in Tacoma tonight. I don't know why I said Tacoma. Tacoma, sorry. Uh, he's coming back from that right ankle inflammation. Uh, he threw three scoreless innings uh, in his first rehab start the other day. This is his second one. Um, I know we were talking a little bit before we came on. If he throws well tonight, uh, his activation date, he's on the 60-day IL. He could technically come back, I believe, June 22nd, which is next Wednesday. Um, if he throws well tonight, do you think he's in Atlanta's pl- uh, pitching next week, or are they going to give him one more start uh, in AAA? I I think that I think that anything's on the table. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him in Atlanta, um, but then again, I wouldn't be shocked if they send him on another rehab assignment. I mean, look what they did with with Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, there was a time where we thought that he was going to be activated. Uh, you know, one weekend, I think it was a weekend ago, and he ended up coming down with the hamstring injury and Brenda Belt, same thing. You know, they're going to be very conservative with their, with their injuries and bringing guys back when they're ready. And even when they're ready, easing them back into the action. I mean, we've seen Tommy LaStella being eased back in, you know, he hasn't played a lot of second base. He's kind of been eased back in through the DH role. We saw it with Belt, you know, he started at DH the first time, then he's going to play some first base in Pittsburgh. So the Giants are really focused on easing those guys in. I think Di Sclafani, who, you know, hasn't faced big league hitters and hasn't faced a lot of hitters in general, I think it's going to be big for him to, to face more hitters. Uh, I think that he should start another rehab assignment, see where his velocity is, because, you know, the, the, the ankle injury really took away from some of the zip on the fastball. That's something that I noticed um oh it's his and, right foot i mean that's or his ankle so yeah. that's your push off foot you know that's that's tough 
Yeah, that's your push off foot. Exactly right. But, um, you know, I the Giants do seem comfortable with the with the bullpen starts, too. So I wouldn't be shocked if we get to see Sammy Long again. So I guess um, I guess it all depends on how much faith they have in their bullpen, what shape the bullpen is in. And uh, I guess what shape Di Sclafani is in as well, if he comes off the start tonight uh, pretty well. I can see that they could bring him home and start him against Cincinnati in the the next homestand or Detroit, in, instead of getting him out on the road in Atlanta, which is a hitter's park. So why why would you fly him across country, subject him to get beat up possibly, on a rehab on uh, his first time back? So I could totally see them holding off till the Cincinnati or Detroit series, and I mean that's fine too. The Giants are winning games right now, and. Bullpen games are part of the plan at this point, and it's just going to happen. It's a shame Junis is out. That is really going to hurt. Just they, they, they had the length, and then you brought up Boyd. I mean, there's these possibilities for starters for a little bit, and then Cobb's just now coming back. So it, it's still kind of tenuous there, but they've shown that they can get through some games pitching through the bullpen. So, you know, I, I totally see patience happening because that, that's what they do right now. They're, they're shooting for September and October and August. That's when they want to be healthy. That's like the Giants have long-term plans in effect right now, and it's positive that they're winning games while they're doing that. The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. I agree. I, I think we'll see Anthony DiScafani back Sunday, June 26th against his old Cincinnati Reds. Um, I, I think that lines up well. That would give him another four days rest. He could throw another rehab start Tuesday, the 21st. Um, and then that gives him, you know, double digit innings probably by then. That gives him three starts, um, you know, depending on how he feels. Just check. I could check in live with him right now. Not off to a great start, actually. Uh, he's thrown two innings, <laughs> given up three hits, and has – no, that's – it just switched over. I'm sorry. He's gone one inning, two hits, two earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. So, um, yeah, maybe he's not ready to go yet. So, I, I'm with you guys. I think DeScafani gets one more shot in Sacramento, and then we can see him possibly for that Red Series. So, and, yeah, kind of to go off of what Steven said, I and here's the thing. You know, those runs yesterday uh, – were early in the game. They were the first inning off of Sammy Long, but I feel like none of that was his fault. Uh, there was like a bunt for single that, you know, was just perfectly planted. Then there were a couple of what I call bitch hits that just, you know, soft contact that finds some grass. Um, none of them were earned. Obviously, the defense was not great yesterday. Sammy Long has been really good in those like three inning bullpen starts. So I think they're comfortable right now with that. And I think that they're willing to do that one or two more times before Di Scafani comes back. Um, so I, I think we're all on the same page with uh, Di Scafani. Um, obviously, we already touched on Junis a little bit. He had been throwing arguably the best in the rotation and then got hurt in that Dodgers series. He's out for approximately four to six weeks. Um, is he, I, I think, I think Steven brought this up uh, before we came on. Uh, you think he's a possible 60 day IL candidate? 
I do, but it, you know, four to six weeks is not 60 days, right? Month, so, yeah. you know, that's not, you know, 60 days, obviously, ideally two months or a little bit after that. But I don't know what the whole retroactive thing is. I don't know how that works either. Um, but I don't think that would do any difference. I think he'll be back before he's eligible. And that just, I don't know. I, I see a, a scenario where a player is just really upset that he can't get activated and kind of feels, you know, a little manipulated for a roster spot. And this, yeah. this would be the time, you know, guys that are healthy. Uh, I mean, when I think of that, I think of Ray Esperanto a few years back, he was healthy and the giants needed the roster spot still. And he wasn't activated. And, you know, so that could be frustrating for a player, but from a team standpoint, um, probably not. You know, I, I say that if he was going to be on the 60 day DL, maybe they would have already done it. Um, you know, and then you bring up a guy like Sean Jelly or something. I don't know. But, or you add someone to the roster. Um, but at the Alex end of the day, Cobb this weekend. Alex, Alex Cobb this <laughs> right. weekend. Yeah. Out of nowhere, um, great timing. Yeah. But no, I think that you're right that is a big blow and you know the giants really needed jacob junis and he's someone who's significant not just in the rotation because when they bring cobb and Dee sclafani back he was going to be a perfect swingman in that bullpen and a guy who could eat up multiple innings at a time and now they don't have that either so you know you're kind of missing that spot not just on your in your rotation who could give you six seven innings and a start but also you know three innings out of the bullpen every few days. So it is a big blow. I don't know how they, how they deal with it, but I, I don't see them going on the six today. It was just a thought that I threw out there. Sure. And it, it wouldn't like, it wouldn't surprise you. And def- you've seen the last couple of years too, what the front office has done is sometimes they'll wait three, four weeks and then they'll be like, okay, well we can just go ahead and 60 day this guy, you know, already a month in past the retro date, which would be what last Friday for Junis. So, um, it could be later if, if it does happen. I, I don't think it's really, uh, you know, a realistic option right now, but definitely, you know, more down the timeline because it opens up that 40 spot. And it would help. Um, yeah, they can absolutely. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe- Shelby Miller could get on the roster there. Good. Way. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, an option, too. So we'll we'll get more into that about, you know, call ups and, and filling in the rosters in a little bit, too. But to finish off these injured guys. Let's talk about the outfield where there are a bevy of, you know, options, especially left-handed bats that are going to be available in the pretty near future. Steven Duggar has that left oblique strain. Um, He is on the 60-day IL, uh, but he is uh, with the River Cats continuing his uh, rehab assignment. Um, He's been playing. I know he's been playing for, I think, at least a week now. Um, He is in the lineup tonight with the River Cats in Tacoma. So his uh, retro date, I had it right in front of me, is actually April 22nd. So he is he is technically like the same exact day as Anthony DiScalfani. Um, they could both come back uh, like next week. So, but here's the difference, and, and we'll get into it in a minute after Wade, but Steven Duggar has an option. Um, we're talking about... Now, uh, Lamont Wade Jr., uh, he was set to come back. He was pretty damn close, and then he had a little setback. He's had that left knee inflammation now, um, but he is, uh, he's is—he's been taking some live BP, I would assume. He'll probably be uh, getting back in the lineup for the River Cats over these next few days, hopefully. That's just speculation. Um, and then maybe in the next week or two, 
he's ready to go as well. So um, let's get into the fun part now, because when Wade and Duggar and DiScofani is going to be here in the next week or two, what the hell is Farhan going to do? Because you guys, you have guys up on the big league level now that nobody thought about a couple months ago that are making impacts. And it's going to be tough to, you know, like, how are you going to justify sending down Luis Gonzalez to AAA? I mean, the guy is arguably, in our hearts at least, should be up for an NL Rookie of the Year so far uh, talk. What the hell are those ranks going to do? Any of you, you know, guys go a, first. I don't care. It is a <laughs> shame that they can't trade Mauricio Dubon again because that would make things a lot easier. Um, <laughs> right? The, it really would. It would free up some spots. There's just a, a dearth of, of left-handed hitting outfielders here that you – you just wonder, do you keep Duggar stashed because of the options or do you activate everybody and just play it out? I mean, you've made yourself a team that plays matchups, but then you've left yourself with four outfielders all hitting left-handed. I mean, who's left in the, in the rotation of outfielders then? Uh, Gonzalez, Yaz, Peterson, Duggar, Slater. I mean, are you going to carry five outfielders at that point? Like, they're not going to send down Slater like he's no and he does have an option, but he's there. You know, he's going to be in the lineup every time they face the lefty and, you know, they want him for de- defensive replacements later in the game, pitch running uh, opportunities like Austin Slater's not going down. That's not an option. No pun intended. I don't even know if I mentioned Wade. I think Duggar is the answer. I really do. I, I think uh, Duggar might be the answer of who stays in there and maybe it, maybe it trade somebody. I mean, I, I that's kind of – we were kind of hitting around about it in the chat last week of trading one of these uh, left-handed outfielders. But, like, which which guy would, you know, get a haul? Which guy is more important? Is it the veteran that's been here for a little bit that can get back something? Or is it one of the promising guys like Luis Gonzalez or Lamont Wade Jr.? Ooh, so – the thing about this is that it's it's lit in my mind. It's Luis Gonzalez. Like it's it's his spot. And I I'm not saying that Luis Gonzalez is the one that goes down. I'm just saying that like literally he's the one that it depends on. Because you know Eric mentioned a really good point, and I've been I've been agreeing with him on this. Is that the Giants have been so focused on, you know this guy could play against the right-handed pitcher and this guy could play against the left-handed pitcher. And when you have guys that, and granted, it's a good problem to have, right? It's a good problem to have all these decisions that you have to make. Cause it means you have a, you're, you're deep. It means your position players are very deep, but it also means that you have guys that just, you know, can't hit other sided pitching or same sided pitching. And it, it becomes a problem because you don't have everyday you know, guys. You don't have everyday guys to where, you know, um, you know, because everybody on the everybody on the bench is getting used every single night. So it's it's a little bit different that the Giants, you know, use their roster. So you have to you know, you have to take into consideration who's going to make the most impact. And I'm going to say that Steven Duggar better get used to Sacramento because that's where he's going to end up. I think Uh, they're going to use that option, you know. As much as they like him in center field, I think Austin Slater looks really good in center field every single night. Um, and, you know, Duggar's going to be the guy that's going to have to bite the bullet. Uh, and as for Lamont Wade Jr., you know, that's, again, that's Luis Gonzalez's spot, you know. And how would you justify trade? You know, and granted, yeah, that's an option. Of course it's an option. But you have to explain, you know, there, there's a whole other side to this that's not baseball. 
that has nothing to do with baseball. It all has to do with marketing. And as, as many people want to say, oh, it's not a big deal and the, the Giants don't care about marketing. Yes, they do. Okay, Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith weren't traded at the trade deadline in 2019 because they wanted to win for Bruce Bochy. They wanted to make that one final push. And, you know, Farhan was there. He was brand new, granted. Um, but how would you how would you explain trading Lamont Way Jr., who, you know, he's got a bobblehead day coming up, right? How would you tr- how would you um, explain trading Luis Gonzalez, who's got the whole rookie of the year thing going on for him? How'd you explain trading Jock Peterson, who's quickly become a fan favorite, right? I mean, it's Mike Yastrzemski, who's going to make the all-star team in the national. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a, yeah, that's, a, that might be a hot take, but no. I, I someone's got to represent him. I mean, yeah, but I he's, and he's their like best, most consistent hitter. You, yeah, no doubt about it. But at you, the end of the day, I think that it's either you put someone on the IL, phantom IL, whatever yeah. you option a pitcher, you go really light with the pitching staff or Luis Gonzalez is gone. And that's all I could think of. You know, you make you make several really good points there. And I think the most interesting one you brought up was it's a blessing and a curse to have all these like this depth problem. It's like, oh, we say it's a good problem to have. But, you know, because of the lack of everyday players, it really makes things difficult. And that, and that's a good point, too. But, you know, another thing that, you know, we've noticed, especially this week is Luis Gonzalez has by far and away, because he's playing more consistently than Austin Slater, but Luis Gonzalez is the best defender in the outfield right now. You know, I, I used to love, I, I still back up Mike Yastrzemski, that's my guy, but he, I've seen him misplay so many balls recently, um, whether it's in right field and center field, it's, you know, in the gap and right center, especially at, you know, Oracle Park, where you need to be making those plays because it's such a big outfield. Luis Gonzalez is has been playing the best, especially in a very difficult right field um, at Oracle park. So that's going to make things difficult too. And then factoring in that Lamont Wade is very average defensively. I think he is a uh, prime DH candidate. If when he does come back, Um, I think we can do, I, I, I think we can unanimously agree. Actually, I didn't, I didn't hear Eric on this, but I, because of the option, Steven Duggar can stay down and sack. Um, he can be, you know, the option when, uh, if someone gets healthy uh, or hurt, uh, he can be the option to get called up and we know what we're going to get with Steven Duggar. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that we're going to see happen, you know, just in these next couple of weeks alone before the all-star break comes, this is way before even, you know, trade deadline stuff gets discussed this is like a whole different monster before we even get to deadline stuff it's crazy can I sneak one thing else real quick yeah and that you you mentioned that wade you know the whole he might be a prime dh guy but the giants like i mentioned easing guys in they've had to use a dh spot i think like the way they didn't want to use it you know brandon belt comes off the il he's limited to dhing you know to start Tommy listell has been hogging that spot yeah longo hasn't been able to play a lot of defense recently so and then you just add another guy to that list. It's just a pain. And like when we talk about holding their own against lefties, I think Luis Gonzalez does. They've had yes. no choice but to start yeah, him against lefties. And he's, you know, he's got a strong front shoulder. He stands in there against lefties. And, you know, Lamont Wade Jr., we made a big thing about how he hasn't gotten a hit ever against a lefty until late last year. So it's like when we're talking about, a, you know, guys that you want to have on your roster, 
Lamont Way Jr. does not have the pedigree against lefties that you know Luis Gonzalez has gradually built up. I'm yeah, with you. I, I he's go like ahead, Eric. Go prime, ahead. he's the prime candidate. Lamont, he really I is think, for the trade. Yeah, I was gonna say because every, everything you just said is like a formula for there's okay. going to be a trade with one of these guys that we've talked about tonight, and I this is this is gonna be hot and there's gonna be a lot of people don't like it, but you know if we're talking about what makes sense for the Giants, it's best to keep a guy like Luis Gonzalez. I mean, and he could be a potential if, because here's, I don't know how you guys feel about this, like, but I feel like Luis Gonzalez's game um, translate. It, it's consistent. I don't feel like he's going to be like a huge slump guy. He's great in the outfield. Um, he's a, a spray hitter. He doesn't have like pool tendencies. He'll hit the all fields. He can, you know, hit in any part of the lineup. Uh, and he's going to produce somehow. And I think he just offers more to the Giants uh, than Lamont Way Jr. does. And I think that there's a very good chance that we see, because he's in a favorable contract situation, when he's healthy, he hits right-handed pitching really well. Lamont Wade can definitely garner some uh, trade interest for sure. But I do think that that's a real option as Wade can get moved in this next month. Well, you look you look through the whole outfield, and the best you, you just go down the list in order of the best outfielders. You got Yastrzemski, just as the best overall player. Then you got Peterson because you got to factor in his power and the fact that he drives yeah. and runs. Luis Gonzalez is next because Lamont Way Jr. He does way more than him, and he does what Steven Duggar does already. And then some other things, you know, it sounds like such a bullshit cop out type thing to say about a player, but Luis Gonzalez is just a ball player. That's what he is. It's just natural to him. He sniffs out the right opportunities. He has the right instincts to make the right plays and throw to the right bases in the right situations to, to try to steal bases and try to move up a base in the right situations. He's got that smarts. So he's, he does what Duggar does, but he does it better. So there's no reason to have Duggar up there either, unless he is just replacing somebody who's injured and then you ship them back down because they're, they're so left-handed that they do kind of need a right-handed bat to balance it out. And that's why Ramos is getting shuttled back and forth this season. That's why he's jumped into the mix a little bit. And, and I know this doesn't really mean a, a lot, but Gonzalez is two years younger than Duggar and Wade. He's only 26. Like he's right. only 26. And here's the thing. I'm sure we can agree on this. Like you need some, everyday dudes in this lineup and they're lacking that right now they can't rely on Crawford to play every day um I think the only ones they rely on to play every day right now is Mikey Stremski, Tyro Strada, Jock Peterson lately and he's not an everyday player for what this roster is you know constructed for um you know Evan Longoria probably should be but you can't rely on his health and then you know the catching positions everywhere right now so it's you need some consistency everyday everyday players and right now uh, it's it's the entire current outfield right now that you're seeing um, especially against right-handed pitchers which they're seeing most days it's Gonzalez it's Yastrzemski and it's Peterson so um, and it's one tough. thing that yeah one thing that Gabe Kapler said that was really like glaring a little bit and and I I'd mentioned this to you guys kind of off air I was interested to see what he thought of, you know, you, I was interested to see how he answered questions about Gonzalez. Cause I think it's very telling uh, with what the front, cause the front office knows what they're going to do. Right. I, you know, obviously this is well thought out ahead of time Farhan and company. They're always steps ahead, multiple steps ahead. So it's very telling to know, you know, what kind of 
you know, I guess tone that Gabe Kapler has when he's talking about Luis Gonzalez. Like if he's not going to get too ahead of himself, then maybe there's something that he's holding back that, you know, they have plans for him. But what he said, he was, he said, quote, it's hard to bet against Luis Gonzalez at this point in his career. And the giants bet against him when they sent them down to the minor leagues and he came up and proved them all wrong. Yeah. And it, yeah. it kind of came off to me as a type of thing. Like we're not going to make the same mistake again. You know, and, and he mentioned that, yeah, you know, defensively, there's still some things that he needs to get better at. But, and Eric mentioned throwback player. That's what Gabe mentioned, throwback player. So, yeah, I don't think the Giants are going to bet against him again. You know, Gabe, it would look really dumb. But, yeah, again, you might have to explain the whole uh, Lamont Wade Jr. bobblehead thing. The only thing missing from Gonzo is power. He he doesn't quite have that. He has kind of gap to gap and down the line power, but he he doesn't have over the fence power just yet. He's only got two bombs, I think, this year. But that that's it, and that's not even a flaw. That's but just I, being picked. I, I don't think the, the thing is is you know we've seen the last couple of years um, how guys have developed. You know they they developed like Lamont Wade into a power guy. You know th- they all do that. Um, even Tyro Estrada's got some zip on it whenever he wants to. Um, but because of his game and I don't think they want to change what Luis Gonzalez does. He's, he is a gapper guy. He's a guy that's going to hit doubles for you. He's a threat on the bases. Um, definitely. I, I think they just like what they see from him, you know, keep improving. Obviously he's only 26, like I said. Um, but I don't think they want to change how he plays the game. I, I think Luis Gonzalez, what we see right now is what you're going to get. And it's cool because, you know, I remember they got him last September, you know, in, in a deal that nobody even blinked an eye at when this season, the season that they had last year, he didn't even make an impact at all with last year's team. And now he's, you know, one of the guys that you can count on to contribute on a daily basis this year. It's crazy. Um, like Farhan knew, hey, this guy's going to be an impact player next year. So they paid for um, him the rehab. Yeah, they really did. Um, That's telling. And it's yeah. paid off bit off that the last thought i, I want to touch on before we wrap um is with all that we've discussed tonight uh could we see possibly to lighten things off the difficult wagon and what i mean by that is you know option dfa or make a move <laughs> um could you see the giants maybe you know getting rid of one less bullpen guy to to keep these guys around or you know, it's going to be tough because, uh, you know, obviously Cobb will be back. Sclafano will be back soon. They're going to have their initial rotation back together um, as, you know, as it was at the beginning of the season. So I don't know. I mean, Webb's starting to go later in the games. Rodon's, uh, you know, been a little more consistent lately. Uh, I Could it be that they, you know, just sacrifice a bullpen body and, and carry an extra player? position player what do you guys think of that I mean, it, it makes sense to cram everybody on if you can i mean but the giants i feel like they've been doing it the other direction most of the year where they have a I short know. bench and yeah and a lot in the bullpen i mean there's a there's a, i think there's too many ifs and buts though uh at the moment when it comes to something like that and it's just the living breathing organism that is a farhan uh roster right now so like at one time the bench might be heavy uh, and Yovero gets sent down, and then Yovero come back, and the bench will get light. Duggar will get sent back down, and it might be that kind of rotation. Duggar just seems like the one to be totally screwed here. And, you know, it wasn't until this podcast that I realized how left-handed the Giants are in general. It's kind of ridiculous Very. when you think about it. There's, there's really only rough – 
and Longoria that hit and Flores that hit consistently from the right side. Everybody else is from the left side. I can't believe and, I forgot about Wilmer Flores talking about everyday players. Of course, Wilmer, <laughs> right? Wilmer Flores is in that conversation. Duh. He's got like, you know, I mentioned Yaz is the best hitter so far. Wilmer is right up there with him uh, on the team this year. But, you know, in a way, though, the Giants, you know, may want to get a little away from just so deep at one side of the plate. And, and they know they might want to get Ramos back up to the show and do those kinds of things moving forward. So it, it would leave more of a trade bait. And I, I think they'll keep, they'll stash somebody in the minors and try to trade somebody that way. I can't see them playing with a uh, short bullpen. There's just too many ifs and buts with Cobb and Disco and anybody else that Sam Long pitching one inning or three. You know, the, there's too many question marks. The, the only reason I bring that up is because there are more literal guys with options in the bullpen that could be sent down. Your Zach Littell has an option. Mauricio Yovera has an option. Now, obviously, he's kind of been up and down already a couple times. Sam Long has two options. I mean, he he could be sent back down as well. Um, I'm just saying because that would be, like I said, you know, an easier thing to do. But, of course, it's always nice to carry extra bullpen arms. Um, Steven, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll wrap. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see any changes happening to the bullpen uh, i think there's a reason they had 13 pitchers in the first place and there's a reason teams carry more pitchers anyways because star- starters don't go deep so they need every arm that they could get so i mean granted logan webb has you know basically guaranteed six innings seven innings uh you know Wood throws five, six innings, maybe seven innings. <laughs> the magic it, you already know why I'm pointing at myself. I am taking all the credit. Steven, you can have credit for the graphic. I'll take credit <laughs> for the tweet that saved Alex Wood's short outings no more. He is going deep every start now. <laughs> maybe you could use he went seven and six. I mean, let's, let's, <laughs> let's settle down a little bit. <laughs> God, you would think based on that reaction, you would think that Wood threw like two complete games, like, ten, <laughs> ten, ten, like ten innings, like ten inning no hitter or something like that. We chalked up the seven inning start as his best start as a Giant, possibly. I mean, that's how how yeah. rare him going know, seven know. is. It's so funny. He's the going thing is, though, is when, when he's when he's on though, he's he's fun to watch, and yeah, it yeah. is funny though because I we we watched Sam Long throw these last couple of times. And um, I, I think that they've definitely been working together maybe in the off season or because, you know, Sam Long has like really sped up his, his rhythm and on the, on the mound. And um, it's kind of Alex Cobbish or not Alex, Alex Woodish. So, um, you know, maybe that's working out for long. Yeah. And, and not just his rhythm on the mound, but like his time in between, like it's, it's not just everything well, fast. It's not just his mechanic. So his mechanics are quicker, like his yeah. windups quicker. And also like, Get the ball, throw the balls quick. Let's go. It's like, Isn't it like quickest 12.9 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's something it, absurd. It's just, it's not, you know, it's like, let's get the ball and let's go. It's not, you know, thinking about it's less time to think, more time to just like, let's go. Um, yeah. So it's it's working so far. I've been very pleasantly happy and surprised with Sam Long. So Eric liked catching those pitchers, didn't you? Didn't you? Oh my God, those are the best. Yeah. It's like, all right, you you hear what I'm saying? Just best bring time in the me. squat. Let's, <laughs> you know, let, let's get it going right away. All right, so Stay- yeah, that was that was a lot of fun because I I wanted to talk this roster crunch and uh, I you know I knew you guys would be fun to talk with about that. But um, RizzoCast and TortureCast, Stephen, I'll let you plug first. What's going on uh, with RizzoCast? 
Yeah, so new uh, new episode. I just published one this week with my former high school pitching coach and former minor league, uh, former Pirates minor leaguer Tom Harlan. And honestly, we just sat back and just chatted like we would on the bench in high cool. school, and no set agenda. And then coming up next, uh, I don't have a name for you just yet, but there's more stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Oh, you, you do have uh, you have been getting some cool guests on recently for sure. So, uh, Eric, what's going on with Torturecast, man? I feel like there should be a smoke machine going off and Steven's like, I got other stuff coming up. Stay tuned. You know, <laughs> He keeps teasing us all summer long. Uh, Torture cast will be back June 23rd. We are off this week as Chad enjoys some time off with his family as everybody wants to do during this uh, coming out of the pandemic after doing a long time. And so Chad produces. So since we lost our producer, uh, I'm not smart enough to put, ask these guys. I couldn't even get set up. It took us like, 15 minutes to get my microphone and earphones correct just to record this podcast. So you can only imagine how it would go if I hosted TortureCast on my own. So since we don't have Chad this week, we'll be back next week, Thursday, June 23rd. Right on, man. And of course, as always, make sure you're on uh, Giants Chatter. Uh, jump on those game threads with us. Make sure you're reading those recaps that we work really hard on. Uh, and then obviously, you know, make sure you're following it on Twitter as well at Giants Chatter. Follow me at Say Hey Doug. Follow Rob, even though he's not even in the state of California, at Say Hey Rob. Follow Steven at Steven Rosetto and follow Eric at Two Out Hits. Guys, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time talking some Giants baseball. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Go Giants. Thank Go you. Giants. Hopefully, Rob gets back uh, soon from Venezuela. When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby. Every time the chips are down, it's For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.